What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. It's December 23, 2022, and this is Lift and Learn episode 108. In this episode, I'll talk about how to solve a squat issue where you may notice your feet caving in during the movement. There's a few things you should do if you notice this sort of thing. Loading on a bunch of weight is not going to help that. It'll make it worse. And then I'll talk about why increasing BMR is the key to long-term success with weight loss or maintaining a healthy body weight for the rest of your life. I've mentioned this in different ways before, but it's good to recap and talk about this again because it's going to be so important going into the new year. And if your new year's resolutions involve losing weight or maintaining a healthy body weight. Before that though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at liftandlearnpodcast, on Twitter, at liftandlearnpod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. One of the most important things you can do if you're looking to improve your health is actually super easy. It's just as simple as changing your breathing pattern. I've been doing this breathing assessment on a few people lately and I've seen it to be a potentially easy problem to fix that could affect our whole lives. Most people breathe in air with their chest, not using the diaphragm and the lungs fully. This is a problem because we're taking 20,000 to 30,000 breaths every day. That means if you're doing that incorrectly, this could actually be causing pain in certain areas of the body. Breathing incorrectly could lead to upper back tightness, maybe in the traps also, the rhomboids, and could be causing some neck pain. It also affects digestion to a certain degree. I've also been reading a book called Breath by James Nestor, which is pretty funny because I was just talking to a trainer who mentioned all of these stuff to me with the chest breathing. This just happened pretty recently. I'm definitely a chest breather, but it's something super simple that I can pay attention to and change my pattern as much as I can that practice so that it'll just change subconsciously without me having to think about it. So in the book, he's basically making the case or he's showing the evidence that all of your breathing should be done through the nose and how as a species, we've gone away from that, breathing more and more through our mouths. Up until a few weeks ago, I thought you were supposed to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth, but of course, that's not the way you should be doing it. It's always those kids sport coaches that just do the wrong things when it comes to breathing and when it comes to workout programming now that I think about it the warm-ups just never made sense to me since I figured out how to work out properly in the past decade now but yeah breathing is one of those simple fixes you can do in your life if you're looking to take another baby step in the right direction towards a better you you can check this for yourself you can put one hand on your chest the other on your stomach or your belly button Take three to five deep breaths to the point where you should be able to hear them. Do that a few times and maybe you'll notice a few things. First thing, if you don't do all the breathing through the nose, that's something to work on. And if you see that your upper hand that's on your chest is moving first or moving the most, 
and your shoulders are going up and down with every deep breath. You could also work on breathing through the stomach instead of your usual pattern. This could be something simple that improves your life a little bit. Remember, it's just taking those baby steps to become healthier, and this is a step, breathing, that you take a few times per minute, so you could work on this one all day. Breathing in and out through your nose and breathing, uh, or sorry, bringing the air into the stomach or the lungs and taking slower breaths also helps too in that regard. Another reason to fix the issue of your chest breathing, if you're like me, breathing in and using your stomach actually translates to exercise and beyond. Also, if, um, if you're breathing through your core, that makes it a whole lot easier and makes it actually possible to engage or brace your core properly be, uh, before you do some of the popular big compound lifts. Besides that, the World Cup actually just finished this morning of the recording right now. Argentina beat uh, France in the final. I watched some of the game. It was a pretty good game. I mean, it was on in the background while I did other stuff. I worked out like during extra time because I wasn't going to spend another half an hour watching. But yeah, I did see those whole events play out just a few hours ago. It was a pretty good game, not going to lie. But now, back to the typical basketball and hockey rotation that I'm used to. Last thing I want to mention, actually, since I just finished my Christmas shopping, I hit up the outlet near me yesterday. The parking lot was pretty full. I was only going for one store. I only went to the Nike store. Um, this was around 4 or 5 p.m. or something, and I had to actually wait to get inside the store. Luckily, it was only, like, maybe 15 minutes to get in, but it was pretty cold out. After I finished there, this is what I really wanted to talk about, I passed by this Beaver Tails truck. I don't know if you've had those, but they're so good. It's like fried dough or something, something kind of thin, and then they put like cinnamon on there, and if you want to get fancy, you could do a bunch of different toppings, like fruit or Nutella or something. Me, I just go for the basic, just cinnamon, because that's the way I remember it from the first time I had it in Ottawa, before they got bigger and then i don't know expanded all the way out here i guess i think they have a store pretty nearby also actually so the fact that i denied myself getting some that was huge restraint on my part but i just have to remember holiday season is next week so there's going to be some good food in the near future but anyways enjoy the next two topics and i'll see you guys next year with a fresh new episode on monday january 2nd i believe I hope everyone enjoys their holidays and a happy new year. Question one, how to prevent knees from caving in during the squat. So if you're a personal trainer, this one can be pretty common. It's one of the first things you might notice during an assessment with a client before you go and actually train them on the floor. I mean, there are personal trainers out there who don't do initial assessments, but I'm saying you should have found this out beforehand. Like I said though, this issue is pretty common. So what you might see here is when you're evaluating someone doing a squat, when they're going down in the movement, their knees might be tracking in the right direction, but when they try to go up and get out of the bottom of the squat, some people have issues. Their knees could be going either way, but I do find that it's more common to have someone with their knees caving in as they uh, try to stand up out of a squat. The caving in of the knees is called knee valgus, in case you wanted to know the scientific term, or knock knees. This is also more common in women to have the feet cave in or the knees cave in just because of the way the leg inserts into the wider hip. 
So let's talk about how you can solve some of those issues. I mean, first off, stabilizing the area right around the knees, that's gonna be super important. Where you start is up to you, but usually something I do is step away from doing the barbell squat. It's probably best if you don't load the squat at all, or you can still practice the movement, but with a super light weight, which could just be body weight. If there's someone who's uh, someone who squatted 100 pounds regularly, or for someone or for some people, that might mean slow body weight squats while holding onto something. The starting point really just depends on the current fitness level of the client. Having knee valgus while you squat is not a good sign because if you continue to squat in that sort of way, since the joints aren't stacking properly on top of one another, repeating that movement thousands of times over your life, there's a risk of injury there just because of that improper squat. It might not be a problem now, but if you do it for that way for long enough, you'll likely get injured and it's going to be a problem once you start loading your back with more and more weight during a barbell squat. It's better to deal with it early as opposed to dealing with a major injury later on in your fitness journey or later on in your lifting career. So first off, it would be smart to lighten the weight, strengthen areas that surround the knee, Specifically, the abductor-focused movements because that's the position we need to strengthen. So the abductor is on the outside of the hip. That's an area you should really work on. Knees caving in could mean that that area is weaker than it should be. So it could be overactive internal muscles and underactive outer leg muscles. Probably a combination of both if you notice this sort of problem. So it'll be, start, uh, it'll be smart sorry, to strengthen your glutes and your outer hips. This is a situation where the abductor machine where you're pushing outwards is a good idea. Another method that works to solve this issue is having a band around your knees and doing lateral movements where you're shuffling to the side. That helps strengthen that movement pattern as well, which is key. That means you don't want to do movements where you're squeezing, let's say a yoga block in between your knees while doing a wall sit or a squat or something. That's actually strengthening the wrong areas and wrong movement patterns. Something else that would be a good idea to avoid also actually is running on a flat treadmill just because it's more wear and tear on that joint, especially if the problem is pretty evident during normal walking or a walking gait test. Something else that I found to help as well would be single leg movements like maybe a step up or a single leg deadlift. Something that helps would be loading the opposite side during these one-legged movements. So if your right leg is on the ground stabilizing during the one-leg deadlift, hold a kettlebell or a dumbbell in the left hand, the opposite side, that could also help put you in a better anatomical position in general. That kind of helps reset your movement pattern in a way or stabilizing and strengthening a better movement pattern. Because the problem could be due to tight adductors, Yes, we're strengthening the abductors, like I said earlier, but you can also release tension in the groin area. So foam rolling or a lacrosse ball may also help before doing some of these exercises. That's helped some of my clients. I can really notice a minimal, but it's just a quick little fix there. It doesn't work all the time, but I think constantly working on a few of these techniques could actually pay off in the long term. Remember, it's better to fix the issue before it becomes a more serious injury later on. This is an issue that needs to be fixed because of wear and tear that's very likely to happen. This could also lead to osteoarthritis in the area, which is going to be a pain to deal with as you age. So try out some of these techniques, and I think you'll notice an improvement in the way your squat looks. 
It might take a while to fix completely, but these are ways in the right direction in terms of correcting that movement pattern that you might have while squatting. With a lot of my clients, I like to focus on making sure the lower body is moving properly and stacking in the right way. So it could be a knee issue, but it could also be a hip or an ankle or foot issue with the way the kinetic chain works and how everything is all connected. Question two. Why increasing your BMR is a good idea? Okay, so this is a really good question because this is going to be useful for everyone listening to this episode. This is useful for everyone because of how our world is today. It's super easy to overeat nowadays, and we're not moving nearly as much as we do today as we did um, just a few decades ago because tech, you know, has us staying at home, waiting for food deliveries. We're working from home a lot more. We have vacuums that can do most of the house cleaning. So we've gotten lazier and lazier as a society and the foods that we enjoy are mainly for our taste buds. We eat what tastes good. Usually that means more highly processed foods. So what does that mean for us? That means more weight gain, overweight or obesity rates are higher than they ever have been. And even though Nearly 75% of the world is overweight. That number is still increasing year over year. The pandemic didn't help with things there. So BMR, that stands for basal metabolic rate. Why does this matter? Because BMR is how many calories we're burning at rest. So while we're watching Netflix, sitting back on the couch or lying down, basically however many calories your body burns without you having to do anything. Increasing this number is important because you want your body to be efficient. You want it to burn more calories at rest so that your weight stays more in a healthy range. You want your body to do the hard work. You don't want to have to hop on to a treadmill and burn off 200 calories because you ate a donut. You want to enjoy that donut and then just let your body do the work for you, right? At least that's what I want. So increasing the amount of calories you burn at rest is going to help you stay in good shape, prevent that body fat from, I don't know, going wild. So when we want to build up our BMR or burn more calories at rest, building strength and muscle is the best way to do so. It's not going to be doing a ton of walking or biking or any kind of cardio, really. That's, that's beneficial in its own right, just regarding health, uh, heart health. But in terms of maintaining a good body weight doing those kind of activities it's just not sustainable in the long run this is why looking at calories burned during a workout can sometimes be a bad metric you can do all the cardio in the world doing whatever you can to burn off the donut you ate whatever it may be but if you're not building muscle if you're not putting muscle onto your body then you're not boosting your resting metabolism which is so important in our world today now Building muscle doesn't mean you're going to be ready to compete on stage one day. That doesn't mean sub 5% body fat and looking freaky with all those veins everywhere. It means shaping your body, building lean muscle, trimming body fat, and transforming into your best body you've ever had, especially if you've never lifted weights seriously before. Losing 10 pounds of body fat and gaining 10 pounds of muscle can actually completely change your life. You want to talk about losing weight and keeping it off? That could potentially be... 200 to 500 calories of burned calories every day, even just at rest without the need for extra cardio. So even when you watch TV for a few hours daily, you'll maintain a healthy body weight. At the same time though, that's not everything. Posture issues could stem from that. That's still something to look out for, but that's another topic for another day. If you've been listening to this podcast, 
I've already talked about the afterburn effect. So you might burn 300 calories during a cardio session and only burn a few more calories as your body recovers. If you're lifting weights, you might burn only 200 calories within the session, but your metabolism is just boosted for the rest of the day. So you might burn an additional 200 calories because of your body spending some resources recovering those micro tears in your muscles. The main way, the best way to increase your BMR is to lift weights, but you can also increase your metabolism in other ways. They might not make as big of an improvement as lifting and building muscle would, but do a few of these habits and it could add up to be a few extra burned off calories also. Of course, the other big factors, unsurprisingly, sleeping better, eating regular meals, three or more meals per day. That gets your digestion ramped up throughout the day. Breathing properly, like I mentioned earlier, that's another one of its effects. It might be minuscule, but it adds up over time. Drinking water, hydrating regularly, even having spicy foods could also burn more calories, I believe. They use some of those ingredients in those fat burners, I think like capsaicin, something like that. I think studies on this are debatable, but that's an option for you if you want to try that. Also, in terms of foods, green tea may also help boost that metabolism ever so slightly. Metabolism is also super complex to understand, but there are things like Cushing syndrome and hypothyroidism that could also affect your metabolism. So if you really feel like you're doing your best to lose weight and nothing is working, you should check out your doctor for that. But in general, getting up and moving more, that might not boost metabolism, but it's just giving your body more work to do. Standing burns more calories than sitting, so if you're working from home on a desk all day, it would be a good investment to get a standing desk or worst case scenario, at least just get up every now and then. Trust me, your work probably isn't worth sacrificing your health over. You come first, okay? So get up every half an hour or maybe an hour to at least stretch out. Maybe some mobility throughout the day could be something to look into since there's now more of that. Um, what is it? Upper cross syndrome. So... Getting back on track, okay. Uh, if you're focusing on maintaining a healthy weight, building muscle is such a great way to do so. Along with those other things I just mentioned, that, that could help a tiny bit. A general rule is that building a pound of muscle bumps up your BMR by about 20 to 50 calories. This varies a whole lot depending on the person we're talking about, and it depends on the studies you're looking at, but it's a positive benefit. With all that in mind, your metabolism does slow as you age genetics play a part if you're smoking that might also affect your metabolism in a negative way there's a lot of things that affect your metabolism but if you really want to make the biggest impact on increasing that focus on building your muscle in a new year by this time next year you'll be in a good place looking back on the year will be a true eye-opener and that concludes episode 108 of the podcast I hope everyone enjoys the holidays and have a happy new year. I'll be back with a new episode in 2023, so I will see you then. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram, and you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. 
If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.